1: black and gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Make sure to hit the like button. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube or listening to this as a podcast, please do that. Got a lot of positive feedback on the Cam Jordan interview that we played last episode. Try to get more player interviews whenever we can. I try to get exclusive stuff and hopefully this year, especially Rookie Minicamp, will have a lot of access. So if y'all are interested in hearing from anyone in particular, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, whatever. DMs are open and uh, I'll see what I can do. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of a lot of traffic around the Brian Brazies of the world and the Isaiah Foskeys of the world. Uh, but who who are you looking forward to uh, talking to the most at uh, rookie minicamp, Steve?
0: Well, unfortunately, you know we don't know how much Miller will be doing because yeah. of his injury, so I don't even know if he'll be there. But yeah. just from his interactions already with the media, I would love to to hear more from him. But I, I would I would say the the sixth round receiver in Perry. Uh, AT. Yeah, it's interesting to hear more from him. Just think that's someone that he kind, con- you know, looks and feels like that late round steal for this team. Let's hope that's the case.
1: Yeah, I, I want to see again. When we talked about this. And I don't need to talk about it again. I just want to see him use a six three frame the way a six three guy should use a six three frame. I feel like in college you don't necessarily have to do that, but when you're in the NFL at that height, you're there because of that height. Right. Um, anyway. So, yeah, yeah, we don't want him, like as a bear loves to say, don't be big for nothing. Well, it's like Juwan, I think, uh, has gotten better about it. Yes. But he won, my big criticism of him over the first couple of years was he doesn't use the 6 3 frame or he didn't use the 6 3 frame the right way. And I think he got better at that last year. And that's part of the reason you saw him be more involved in the offense. But all right, let's get into the mailbag. First off, we got Jerry he says, What's next? Saints host a game in Japan or China or Brazil or Australia or Africa? Who knows? I'd say Mexico, maybe the next one. Yeah, since they've done London obviously a couple they've times. They done now. London a few times. They're going to Germany. Yeah, I mean, the the question is when does the NFL put a franchise in London? Probably would be the next one. And that would be fascinating to watch because they I mean, what would they would have to travel overseas for eight, eight or nine games. But it feels like that's where they that's where it's trending and the money's there and that would just drive everyone nuts.
0: Yeah, and I I figured, obviously, when you're adding, obviously, more locations, more venues, that the likelihood of a team playing increases, I just definitely didn't expect it to be back-to-back seasons. I would imagine if it is the case, the NFL would have to have cleared it with the team, I think. I don't think they would just say, well, we're putting you in back-to-back overseas games, you know, kind of thing. I I would think maybe they'd ask him, maybe not, though. I could be be wrong, too. I I don't think they have much say in the matter, personally. Uh-huh. But
1: you can see the interest level, right? Like, you know, like I was talking about with that Germany game in Munich last year, like the crowd was unbelievable. And if you're the NFL, you're looking at that, it's like, yeah, of course we want to keep doing these games. They have two games now, right? And so if they only had one game, the Saints probably would have gotten away with not not having to go. But they, you know, And I think when you start adding more and more games, it's just like, yeah, we got to send somebody, and we wanted to send the Patriots, and you're one of their opponents, so we're going to send you. You know you've uh, got all your
0: uh, passports in order.
1: Yeah, right. I have to get a passport now. (laughs) There you go, right. I'll wait to see if it's official first. That's the thing (laughs) I should couch this with. This is all based on one newspaper's report, a German newspaper's report, which could be complete malarkey. It seems pretty legit. So I'm going to go based on that, but we'll
0: see. We'll have to delve deep into our Germany sources.
1: Yeah, and as Jerry points out, the schedule is officially being released this upcoming Thursday, May 11th. 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2 and the NFL Network. But we will know, I mean, uh, usually by like 2 or 3 p.m. I, one year, I don't even think we got the lunchtime and we knew the entire schedule. So I'll be planning to do kind of a, like a game-by-game game prediction post, which is what I did last year. We didn't have a podcast this time last year. So I'll try to think of a good way to to do that on the pod. Um, I'm also planning on doing a 53-man roster projection probably for the next episode just to kind of get the baseline of what we think. But yeah, it's going to, it's, it's funny because it feels slow right now, but it's going to come fast once it starts.
0: Yeah. And and I feel like some of those pre-schedule, you know, dates and times and whatever, some are, are not correct. Uh, Obviously you have to be careful, but uh, there's, you know, you have your pretty reliable sources that end up getting this info that you pay attention to, not your Adam. She yeah, you the just got to watch out with the spelling of some names. I don't know why people get off on, you know, trying to trick everyone. The Adam Shysters of the world. Yeah,
1: exactly, right. Well, especially now without check marks, it's like could be anybody. Like Because a lot of times you're going around and so like Nick Underhill breaks a game on the Saints schedule and Jeff Duncan breaks a game on the Saints schedule and it's like, yeah, I know those names. I know those people, so I trust them. Uh, and then occasionally you'll see like, oh, a Bears reporter has broken. Right. This is when the Saints and Bears are playing and previously I was able to go and say like, okay, this is a legitimate person. Now it's like, maybe, right. It's, Cause like a lot of local team reporters have like 2000 followers. It could be a, anybody. Anyway, it's yeah. Uh, I, I don't need to go on another Twitter rant, but KD points out, says, I don't mind heading overseas. I just prefer we were the away team and didn't waste a game of home dome advantage. That is the case this year. Right. The saints were on the road. If the Patriots saints game is in fact that game, the Saints were on the road to face the Patriots. So that wouldn't be a home game lost. So, but they did have nine road games versus eight home games. So you're
0: still getting eight road games. I I think, I mean, that's, that's huge for me. Obviously you never want to lose that home game, especially to me, Saints fans, because they love packing the dome.
1: Uh, Jerry points out that Nick Anderson was on the keeping it real. Who that sports podcast Wednesday night. So go check that out. If you're interested in hearing from him, he was also on sports talk. I posted that interview on YouTube. So if you want to check that out, uh, it's over on our YouTube channel, WWL sports, which is what you're watching on right now. So I don't know why I just described that. to you. Lo-
0: love the fact, obviously, you know, embracing that black and gold culture right away. And uh, you know, mentioning the field mouse as someone Sam Mills that he looks up to is going to endear him to a lot of saints fans for sure. Well, so he said he looked up to Sam Mills and I didn't believe him necessarily until he
1: threw the field mouse nickname out there. Cause I was like, okay. <laughs> He's done his homework. <laughs> that's my favorite. one of my favorite nicknames uh, in sports is, is Sam Mills Field Mouse. Uh, next to, you, I think it was Vaughn Johnson. His nickname was like Meat. Um, nice Meat. Not quite as not quite as uh, catchy, but still good. See, um, if he was Brian, playing today, he could get an Arby's ad. Yeah, Brian Russell points out that it was Dallas. so You're correct for okay. Andy Dell. He also says, side note, not draft related. Could the Saints bring in Deion Jones as a rotational guy? Unlikely. I mean, I, I, they could bring in a lot of people at this point. I think you're not looking for veteran replacements for players that you're not sure about right now. You're looking at your UDFA class and you're seeing who has potential there, right? Like if you come away from rookie minicamp and you're like, "Man, this guy just doesn't have it." Right. That's yeah. when you might start looking at, at guys like Dion. But I, I don't think like this. The Saints. Yeah, it, it's it's tough cuz like occasionally they'll bring in like the big names but they rarely are they the names that end up making this roster, right? Like you brought in like Malcolm Brown, everyone was all excited and then he was gone in a week, right? Bring in Kiko Alonso and everyone was like, "Oh man, then he gets he retires in like 2 days." So, I don't know. Like I I don't get I don't get excited for for names I recognize uh, anymore.
0: No, the only one that maybe it's uh, you know, in the tight end free agency market Cameron B- Brait, somebody that was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, could fill that blocking tight end kind of role. But other than that, yeah, I haven't really been enamored with the, the free agent market that's still left out there.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if you want to go in and like try to find a name on the free agency market, it's going to be a tight end. Yeah. Because I think you have to, even if it's just a veteran who can like mentor some of the young guys, Like you want a veteran in that room. And it's weird to not have a veteran tight end in any any capacity. KD says, would it be advantageous to switch our D to a 3-4 or at least a multiple? Like in New England, I asked because last year on D, I feel like our, though our line was our biggest liability aside from injuries at defensive back and linebacker. N- no. And the reason I'll say this is because you are in what could be the final season or two of a regime slash youth build. And by that, I mean, Cam Jordan is aging out. Demario Davis is aging out, right? Like Marshawn Lattimore, you know, he's still, he's still in his prime, but he's getting to the, you know, edge of it, right? Matthew Al- Honey Badger, you know. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, Tyron Matthew. These are all players that like, you're not, you don't want to, you, you want to run it back with, but you don't necessarily want to completely adjust everything with, and, and again, because like two of these are team leaders in DeMario and Cam, and that would be a major change for guys that have not played in that system. And the system has worked. Right. And that's why you rebuilt your defensive line uh, in the image of the old defensive line. Like you didn't change the prototypes you were going after. And, you know, and if if things go off the rails and it doesn't work, then I don't think you're sticking it out with this coaching staff. Right. So it doesn't make sense to really kind of force feed a change in my opinion. Whereas, you know, if you do end up having to make wholesale changes, then sure. You can, you can reevaluate the entire roster and the entire defensive scheme, but I don't think you're going to do that with the coaching step that you brought in because you brought them in for specific reasons. And that is to work within the parameters that you've already set.
0: No. And as you mentioned with Dennis Allen, guy that's been around the block, uh, he's not going to be changing his ways and what he has done, at least for the saints, the last couple of years, it's, it's been working. Right. Yeah. Right. The fact
1: is the defense has been good. Yes. and I think last year was a personnel issue, and obviously health is always a factor. Um, but I think it was a personnel issue, and that's why you know the, the Saints wanted to bring back David Onyemata, but they didn't want to bring him back at three years that's of twenty-five million. One of the reasons being, you knew you had to, you, you knew you had to revamp things at, on the defensive line one way or another because he just wasn't getting it done at the level that he probably had earlier in his career. And Shai Tuttle, while solid, was never great. And that's why you're spending a first round draft pick on a defensive tackle. And that's why everyone knew they were gonna spend a first round draft pick on a defensive tackle.
0: So yeah. Yes. Sadly, just a guy like obviously Shy Tuttle go, he'll always live in Saints Lore for his you know, taking out of Matt Ryan. Yeah. Luis <laughs> Louise
1: Lockett says Juwan put on weight. He said he was on a seafood diet. And the last time hey, we he saw
0: sees, him was he everything he sees. About a month oh. and a half ago.
1: Yeah. It does not surprise me. I see See seafood, eat food. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, It would not surprise me. I think he is still trying to get bulk up a little bit. He has never been shy about eating. I think he was up to two thirty-five last year. I think he's going to keep, keep trying to keep trying to bump that up, but it's tough. Like there is a point where you, you, you're slow, right? Like you, you want to be the, the elite receiving tight end that you know he can be. And then this, the weight is more geared toward blocking and you don't want it to get to a point where the weight is, is impacting you as a receiver, and, and there's the kind of balance there. But uh, I really like Juwan. I think Juwan's going to be very good for, for a long time in this, in this system.
0: Yeah, it's hard not to like to do uh, puts in the work. You've seen this steady development and just hoping that, you know, another year, uh, even more greatness blossoms from him. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, Brian Russell says, Who else or what position will the Saints
1: bring in first? I'm sure they are not done with remaining cap. Space money. I think we've already answered that tight end. You got to do something tight end. Got to be right. Because, and and again, it's not because you don't like Juwan Johnson. I think you really do like Juwan Johnson. Yeah. There's just roles (laughs) that you have to fill and you don't have anyone to fill them. unless Miller Forrestal shows up and is, is a revelation as a blocker. I think you're going to want to bring in somebody at a decent value.
0: Who was the blocker that we lost to the giants? Nick Vanette. Yeah. Is Vanette a free agent out there? We could bring him back.
1: I don't know, but either way like that's a good example of like that type of signing is what I yeah. think the Saints are going to go after. Right. Like not, not Nick Vanette this year, but Nick Vanette 3 years ago. Brian Russell's busy in this chat here. Says would hate for Brazil to be Zion Williamson and a bust. I would hate for anyone to be a bust. <laughs> I don't think Brian has any reason to I don't think there's any reason to look at Brian and say, "Man, the bust potential there is off the charts other than the injury history, which part of the reason he was there at 29 right you yeah wouldn't i'd even hate to go into off. a rookie campaign thinking that for crying out loud i mean how many negative do you want to be well i mean the fact is he would not have been on the board at 29 if the injury history wasn't there right Correct. right so you're benefiting from that and you're hoping that, that it's a much ado for nothing which you did all the scouting like you had all the medical people look at him and and poke and prod and bend his knee around and like, if you had concerns, you would have, you know, the, the Saints are not shy about dropping people off their board for health concerns.
0: One thing I was surprised, Jeff, you, uh, Pete Prisco from CBS Sports NFL Analyst, he's pretty rough on the Saints. I know who that's really don't typically care for his take. But about Brazee, he said that, you know, great value pick for the Saints, shouldn't have been there at 29. The guy's best football is ahead of him. And he even compared him to an uh, Indomitian Sioux. And I was like, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Sue was like, was he a number one pick? Uh, overall, he might have been. He was up toward the top. I know yeah. that. But um, yeah, just, I, just to hear that, I, it kind of threw me back. Other than the fact that they both play defensive tackle, I don't see. Like, Dominican Sue was always more of a nose. Brian Brzee is not a nose. Definitely like a three technique. Um, and... Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's nice to hear someone's giving them props. I think Myle Kuyper gave them the worst grade that of anybody, which was still like a B minus because, you know, that's kind of the, it always is always funny to see the scale of like, who's afraid to have people get mad at them. So it's like, it's like, yo, you're, you're really talking shit, but you're saying it's a B minus.
0: But honestly, you know, it's, it's really hard to give out anything, but, either a B or C to me, I mean, you start getting to an A or even in the F range. It's like, it's, it's a little too far, I guess, of, of either way, getting too up or too down on a, on a, a draft class. We haven't seen anything
1: from. Well, Mel was also pretty critical of the 2017 draft class too. So take, you know, he, I think he came back and was like, my bad, <laughs> uh, a couple mm-hmm. years ago, but yeah. So take that, take that with a grain of salt. The thing that does always give me, like I always get a kick out of is, oh, this was a huge reach. This was like a 30 to 40 pick reach. And it's like, maybe, but it doesn't matter whether like your board says that. It matters like, so if the Saints wanted this guy and they felt like he was the best player available at that point, why would they risk not getting him because they might be able to get him like 30 picks later, right? Like, They didn't pick again until 71. So sure. And then you got the running back. So it doesn't like it posits a reality where everyone is working off the same board and that does not exist. And I think one of the picks that people were critical of, like this is what's funny to me is. So we have a question here. From Larry Connor Jr. says, "Do you guys think Foskey has the potential to be the best player from this class?" And it's funny when you look at like the local reaction. Everyone seems to be in love with this pick. Even Bobby loves this pick, and he's been very critical of a lot of things the Saints do in the draft. And if you go nationally, everyone's like, "Reach, reach, reach!" Yeah, and it's just it's funny because it's like, what well, what are the what do the national pundits think the Saints need? And uh, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if there are better players on the board at that point. You're talking about 40. You're not talking about 20. And uh, I do think Isaiah Foskey has the chance to be the best player of this draft class. But I think of it in the same way that Cam Jordan has been the best player from the 2011 draft class. Like, I think that he has a chance to be a very consistent player for a long time. And Cam never blew the doors off. He never had a 20-sack season, right? But he's always available. He's always making the right play. He's always holding up against the run. Sometimes he accidentally punches a guy in the head. You know, you get, you take the good with the bad. But that's, that's why, like, when you compare Isaiah to players, like I'm not even comparing his play style to Cam. I'm comparing his personality and his perseverance and what he brings to the locker room. Because in that sense, they are very similar.
0: Though the one guy I'm definitely anxious to see more of because I did not watch TCU football is Miller. And some of the clips that you even posted especially that one if it was right after the draft or whatever when he was just able to maintain that that balance. That, to me, was out of sight, you know, jaw-dropping, eye-popping, whatever you want to call it, and definitely anxious to see something from him. If it's come training camp, so be it. Just want to see – I think the Saints have some good luck maybe with those running backs in the third round. Who knows? It's definitely
1: possible. Their their track record of drafting in the first round or in the top three rounds for running backs has been very good. They haven't taken many of them, but they've all been good. Right, we went through it in the in the episode, the recap episode, but it's like Deuce McAllister, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara. Pammy Wamey says, I don't trust anyone with Mel Kuyper here, and that includes Mel Kuyper. Larry Connor says, are you guys tired of the Saints drafting a short, average, arm, Drew Brees clone type of quarterbacks every couple of years? I mean, as long as they, the starter is a good player, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> they can draft whatever quarterback they want. Derek Carr's going to start. Drew Brees started prior to this. And you know, when it was Andy Dalton, that's when I would have an, like, I would be annoyed if you brought back Andy Dalton and <laughs> then took Jake Hayner, a guy who might develop into a younger Andy Dalton. <laughs> right. If you're going and bringing in a Derek Carr, then I'm perfectly okay with a, with a, with a guy like that, that you can kind of develop over time.
0: But yeah. Anyway. I, I guess the, the shorter stature quarterbacks, I, uh, people may be thinking that they're trying to recreate the whole Drew Brees magic. But, I mean, the more you look from Hayner, love the presence that he has in the pocket, the awareness, and uh, you can't deny his accuracy as well. I'm not sure how strong of an army he has, but I do know it's accurate. The scout with clout says, I was more
1: critical than most, but only because of how it compares to the Eagles draft and because of cost. We actually got some good players,
0: though. I don't buy that the Eagles draft is that good.
1: Well, I you guess hear so the Georgia players,
0: it. and that—that's why you have all national champions. So,
1: the, like, like Howie Roseman is just taking the most popular player option available. It's not. It's like it, it almost has nothing to do with scouting. It's like who do the fans want? I'll take that guy. You know,
0: right? Like who? Who's number one on the on the board on the yeah PFA yeah right? Board. It's like
1: he's watching ESPN and taking the best available player on their board because it's like it's 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 so wild. And hey, it's worked for them. Good for them. I'm not buying that they're this great drafting team because they've had misses too. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like everyone loves the Eagles. They're the, they're the
0: darling good for them, whatever. No, as, as an Eagles fan myself, I'm quick to always mention, don't forget about the Jalen Rieger pick over Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah. I'll never let them forget that one. Yeah, they the can NBA be either. Super Bowl contenders every year. And I'm still going to give them crap for that. Pick. Every
0: time he dances a little part of me breaks um the scout
1: with clout here he said i really thought after car winston luton types that they would go for dorian thompson robinson i thought they would go for dorian thompson robinson too and it's like every time jeff ireland comes out and says i want a dual threat quarterback and then they do the exact opposite in the draft and i just like are you why are you lying <laughs> well, either you're lying or you have no influence in this process which i don't believe is true So why is this the case?
0: Huge smoke screen. Yeah, I don't know either, but that took me back too because I think he said that, what, at the Senior Bowl, right? Yes, he did. I don't think Dorian was there. I think that's why. Maybe if
1: Dorian Thompson-Robinson was at the Senior Bowl, they might have drafted him. (laughs) Jake Hanner was
0: there. Hey, Saints fans, you do
1: have the Senior Bowl MVP now. Senior Bowl MVP, baby. And here's another one that showed up late, but he's been active here. Uh, Miller is going to be an animal. I think he's a better running back than Williams. I don't know who he's talking about. Who's Williams? Oh, Jamal, Jamal Williams. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I met someone else in the draft. I mean, different, different dudes. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's tough to compare a rookie with a guy who's been, I mean, Jamal Williams is a veteran who you trust right now. And so that's why I like having both of them in the room. Who who Um, just, who just broke a lion's record held by Barry Sanders. Why? Oh yeah. The touchdowns. Yeah. I mean like just the guy you trust short yardage, (laughs) I think, but they're very different runners. Yeah. Right, like, like I don't think that Jamal was ever the dynamic runner that you hope Kendra Miller can be, especially when you watch the tape and it just he just pops, you know. It, but I, I like Jamal. I think Jamal's going to get the lion's share of the secondary work behind Kamara. And when Kamara's out, inevitably, he's going to be the starter. Um, and then you're
0: going to work Kendra in. But I, I like Kendra a lot. I think it's a great pick. Yeah, and just with Williams, I, I think the – the the player and the the personality is a great f- fit for this team too. It's Austin. I always point out that the Saints
1: took Boston Scott in the sixth round. I give him crap for it all the time because they just let him go. Yeah, like it's so annoying to me. They also took Daniel Lasco in the seventh round. And he he stuck around for a few years, actually. He was on special teams for a little while. I think he had a nasty injury at one point. But yeah, no, and we yeah, we've talked about the linebackers, uh, Andrew Dowell. Special teams guy, Nick Anderson. I think I think Nick Anderson and Andrew Dowell are very similar players. Andrew Dowell has always kind of been the undersized guy who just makes him his presence known by being around the ball constantly and making you be like, oh, look at that. All right. I think that is it. So all right. Thanks everyone for being in here as always. This was a lot of fun. I'm <laughs> glad we were able to do a live chat. We haven't been able to do one of these for a little while. It's usually a time commitment thing and last week with the draft there was just no way we were putting out an episode on that thursday it was never gonna happen <laughs> in my in my wildest dreams i might have been like oh we'll do something and then it was like oh
0: all of a sudden i look up it's 2 a.m <laughs> no that whole the draft process and even going through the recap show the next day was a big blur yeah but i enjoyed that i want to get charlie on here more uh, A more i think he he's a good voice
1: to have i think he does a really good job uh, I think he was really good in that episode. So I like this. Try to get him involved. Best Maybe, producer you know, in the world. He's busy this time every day because he's producing the show. And if you're listening to this and you can't get enough, go hang out with Bobby and uh, Mike over on Sports Talk, uh, WWL. But all right, y'all. This was fun. As always, thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Until the next time, peace, y'all. Do that.